Villas Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. This year for Christmas, we wanted to focus on a few areas. One was the prediction of Jesus coming to earth and what we see in the Old Testament about this prediction. We wanted to focus on his actual coming. We focused on who he is while he was here on earth. And today we get to wrap up this small four-part series in knowing that he will come again and what that means for us As believers, having faith that saves us for all of eternity, our only hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need to look to your word for truth. As we live in a world that wants to define truth on its own terms, Lord. I pray that we can be a body of believers that understands that your word is our source. Our hope is in your return. And I pray that as a church family, we can represent that first and foremost to our villas community and then also beyond with individuals who you have brought into our lives, Lord. And we pray this good news in Jesus' name. Amen. Baseball has long been known as America's pastime. Some of us are avid baseball fans. Some of us don't pay attention as much. But historically speaking, baseball has always been the most popular sport in the United States. Now, obviously, that's been taken over by the NFL and professional football, but if you go to any little league, it doesn't matter. In fact, this last fall, we just spent a lot of time at Fort Myers American Little League where our son Layton played, and then our daughter Reese has expressed an interest to start playing softball. Thank you. You know why? No more cheerleading. That's one proud and happy former cheer dad. But it doesn't matter if it's softball or if it's baseball. There's one thing you always hear from the little leagues up into the major leagues. You hear a reminder yelled out by either parents or coaches. Baseball ready. Ready position. See, it's just like this guy you see here. He's ready. He's in that that position. In basketball, you would call it a three-point stance or a triple threat position. But he, he's ready. Why? Why has he got his knees loose and he's, he's ready to go at a moment's notice? Why is that? See, baseball is unlike most sports. If you play American football, there's a lot of choreography going on. You know exactly what you have to do and you can anticipate the ball. You run your route eight yards. You turn, boom, the ball's right there. You knew it was coming. But baseball's so different. See, in baseball, when you're in the field, you have to be in ready position. You have to be baseball ready. Why? 
because you never know if the ball is going to be hit to you. Church, as believers, as those who say we have a saving faith in Jesus Christ, we need to be in ready position too. Why? Because we are kind of like baseball players who are on a field. See, we do not know what day and what time Jesus is coming back. But we do know this. When he does, we want to be caught in the ready position. And this brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. The title of our sermon this morning is, Get Ready, Because Here He Comes. Now, some of you may know about a band called Rare Earth in the 70s. They made that song famous again out of Motown. My dad loved it. That's actually where the sermon title came from. It was called, Get Ready, Because Here I Come. But I thought it was fitting for us to get ready, because here he comes. Today we're going to be in Matthew 24. So if you have your Bibles, you can join with us. All of our verses this morning that we're really dealing with is in the book of Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Last week, we were encouraged as Pastor Jared reminded us of the gospel message and how it hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. We left here knowing that we can have faith in Jesus being raised from the grave. Faith and what he did because he rose from the grave. Today we're going to be encouraged in his return. We're going to be reminded to stay vigilant. We're going to be reminded to get ready because here he comes. So let's get into this text this morning. Matthew chapter 24 verses 36 through 44. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Amen. When we look at these verses this morning, we want to put each one into this one simple sentence. And that sentence is this. We must get ready for the return of Jesus as it may happen when least expected. We must get ready for the return of Jesus as it may happen when least expected. See, I don't know about you, but I can't believe personally that 2020 
is just around the corner. Who here already has their calendar for 2020? See, we love to plan, don't we? That's why we have our calendar. We love to set dates. We like to set times for those dates. We fill our calendars with the what, with the when, the where, and with whom we're going to do what it is that we're going to do. There's a problem, though. We do like to plan, and I would say it's good to plan. It's good to have a plan, but does anyone know what month, day, and time you can mark down for the return of Jesus in 2020? No, that's what I thought. Let's take a look at verse 36. Verse 36 tells us, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Let's face it, we appreciate knowing the day and the hour. How can you schedule an event without the day and hour? You can't, can you? You need to know the day and the hour. Hey, church, we're having a chili cook-off here at Villa's Grace. What day and what time is that chili cook-off going down? Do you remember? January 18th at 1 p.m. See, even as a church, we kind of fall victim into this pattern of planning, right? What are you going to do prior to the chili cook-off if you come? If you choose to come, what are you going to do prior to the cook-off? Yes, you're going to plan and implement your preparations. However, I'm going to let you in on something that you may know about. You have a whole month to procrastinate. You can be just like I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school. Procrastination. Hope was the only one that chuckled because she knows. See, the reason why we pick this up in verse 36, the reason why we pick this up in verse 36 is because a few verses prior to our verses today, Jesus was actually telling his disciples about his eventual return. If you go back before verse 36, that's what's going on. See, we have the disciples here now wanting to know exactly when Jesus will return. How does Jesus respond? He says, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Church, how perfect, how perfect is this response by Jesus? It's perfection. How perfect, then, is God's plan? Do you know what would happen if we knew the day and hour of His return? If we actually knew what day and what hour Jesus was to return, do you know what would happen? We would screw it up. We would mess the whole thing up. We would go about everything wrong. Do you know why God hasn't revealed to us the day and the hour? We simply can't be trusted with such information. That's why. Let me ask you a question. Could you be trusted with information regarding the day and hour of your death? Can you be trusted with that information? See, I would say no. 
Not one of us in here could actually be trusted with the day and hour of our death. See, the reason why we don't know what day and what hour in which we're going to die is because God has safeguarded us from only getting serious prior to the event happening. So who's thinking about coming to that chili cook-off? It's 26 days away. Are you going to cook your chili this afternoon? No. You'll get your, your chili in order either the night before or the morning of. You don't need to cook it this afternoon. Church, unfortunately, I'm not so sure this isn't how I would respond if I knew the day and hour, personally. And I'm just being real with you. Can you be as real with yourself, honestly, as you sit here this morning? Can you be real for a moment with yourself? And especially as we continue, as we move along to be encouraged by the rest of our verses this morning. And with that being said, let me ask you this, because this is really the more important question. Can you be as real about this as Jesus was? See, because some of you are sitting here saying, well, how dare you tell me if I knew the day and hour of Jesus' return, I would mess it up. Or how dare you say I would mishandle the information knowing the day and hour of my death. How dare you say that? But see, I, I think it's okay for us to be able to say these things and ask that question. Can you be as real as Jesus was? Because Jesus was pretty real. And let's face it, what, what do we know? What did we learn a few Sundays ago? And what are we seeing once again here in the text? See, we, we can't forget that Jesus was both 100% God and 100% man. And even though he is God, he says what? What does he say in the text this morning? He says, nor the Son knows. This is our example to be real with ourselves. Jesus didn't even know. And this brings us to our first point this morning. Our motivation to always be ready is based upon the unknown timing of His return. Our motivation... To always be ready is based upon the unknown timing of his return. Because if I don't know when Jesus is coming back, I can be motivated to be ready in that ready position at all times. If I know the time and date of his return, I'm going to procrastinate and then maybe get serious right before. Thank you, Lord, for your perfect plan. Thank you for the way in which you have orchestrated what it is that you have orchestrated. And more importantly, let's face it, thank you for promising that you will come again. And let's not forget our main point this morning, which says this. We must get ready for the return of Jesus as it may happen when least expected. One way or another... Most of us go about our daily activities like this, don't we? We have our to-do, we have what we're doing, and then we have what is actually being done. Now, I know some of us here are retired, not all of us. Some of us here are retired, and I hear that your to-do list does change once you get into retirement. In fact, I heard as you're retired, 
husbands become their wives' full-time job. So in my case, what that means is Hope went from having a full-time job to actually having to work overtime when we actually retire, Lord willing. (laughs) However, we'd be wise to remember retirement kills far more people than hard work ever did. You have to get retired first sometimes. But if we're serious for a moment, think about your typical day. Just think about your typical day every day. Think about what your day looks like today. Think about what your Monday's going to look like tomorrow. Think about all that you need to accomplish. Now think about what you want to be doing, what you want to be caught doing when Jesus returns. And we need to look into this further in verses 37 through 42. God's word states this. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. When we look at verse 37 all the way through 39, we understand one thing in these three verses. And that is this. When Jesus returns, it's going to be like it was prior to the flood. Do you think people saw the flood coming? No. It never rained up until that point. Do you think people will see Jesus coming? Well, I hope a few of us will. But not everyone's going to see Jesus coming. And unfortunately, according to these three verses, that is true. So let's ask this question. Where do you think people look for answers? When people need answers about what's going on in the world, where do you think people go first? The majority of people, where do you think they go? They go to science. They look for science to answer. Why is the world doing what it's doing? But church, where should we go when we look for answers? God's Word. Now, with that being said, what does God's Word tell us? What is God's Word telling us? It's telling us quite clearly that before, during, and after the return of Jesus, people will be preoccupied with their sin. So much so that they'll be swept away, just like in the days of Noah. In fact, in Revelation, God's Word states this. This is what God's Word states. Nor did they repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Church, mankind will continue to curse God. And this is precisely what Jesus is telling us here in verses 37, 38, and 39. And then allow me to just read verse 39 one more time so we can allow this to sink in. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Again, think 
about what it is you want to be caught doing when Jesus returns. Do you know what you need to allow today to be in your life? Right here, right now. What you need to allow God's word to be to you in your life? You need what we're hearing today together. We all need this to be a warning. So, what's on your to-do list? What is on your to-do list? What is it that you're currently doing? Now, I will say we're all sitting in church, so if Jesus did return now, we would probably say, you know what, I'm probably in the ready position, right? But what's on your to-do list? What is it that you have been doing? What has gotten done in your life? And how does your to-do, your doing and getting done list hold up against the return of Jesus? That's an honest question that we can all ask ourselves. And will you be like the others or not? Will you be like those who in those days, as the word says this morning, before the flood? Or will you be found by Jesus, prepared, ready, and waiting for his return? Now, do me a favor really quick. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your right. Now stare directly in the back of the head of the person sitting in front of you. Now, think about this. Think about this. There is no guarantee that everybody that you just looked at will be caught ready when Jesus returns. No guarantee. Even those sitting here. How can this be so true? Look at verse 40 and 41. See, both verses indicate that one will be taken and the other will not. One will receive judgment while the other will inherit the kingdom of God. So why does verse 42 say, stay awake? Quite simply because it says further on, you do not know what day your Lord is coming. So again, do you know what today should be for you in your life? What today should be for all of us? Especially what we're seeing here in Matthew 24 verses 36 through 44. Today should be a warning. And this brings us to our second point, which states... We've officially been warned to be found in the ready position the moment Jesus returns. There will be no excuse. God has already warned us to be ready, to be on guard for Christ in His return. Again, our main point this morning states, we must get ready for the return of Jesus as it may happen when least expected. All right, so we all look to our left and look to our right and look to the person in front of us. Now, let's all pretend, okay? And I hope we're all pretending when I ask you to pretend what you're going to pretend that you're being here. Let's pretend you're a thief, okay? Can you pretend to be a thief? Is that okay? Are we pretending you're, or is that actually what you are? That's not funny because, I mean, you know... All right, let's pretend you're a thief, all right? 
which house of the houses you see would you burglarize? Now, if you choose the house on the corner with the lights on, you are quite possibly the worst thief in the history of thievery, okay? I don't know about you. I'm choosing the one next door with all the lights off. Which house is ready? Which house is ready for the thief to break in? The one on the corner or the other three or four down the street? Who is ready? Let's look at our final two verses, verses 43 and 44. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Are you okay with me putting verse 43 in layman's terms and just making it as simple as possible? You guys okay with that? I am, personally. All right. In a nutshell, verse 43 is basically saying this. You're going to be robbed. Congratulations. It's just that you have no idea you're actually a target to be robbed. Think about that. You're going to be robbed, you just don't know that you're a target. One commentator puts it brilliantly, so I'm going to read his words. If the ignorance persists, it represents the ignorance of a person who fails to heed Jesus and his warning about the future. Now, Jesus isn't saying he's a thief. And this isn't the only time we see Jesus say that his return is like a thief or a thief in the night. But Jesus is saying... When somebody is robbed, they have no idea that they are the target of the robbery until the robbery actually occurs. And that's how his return is going to happen, which makes us want to be in the ready position to be prepared for his coming. Church, if you have faith that Jesus will return, then you're the owner of a house you know is going to be robbed. So ask yourself the question, am I in the ready position? Am I in the ready position? Now, as I call Mike up and we, we close out this morning, let's actually discuss a few ways in which we can actually ready ourselves for his return because that's important. It's one thing to say, okay, this is great, Pastor. All right, I, I, I like this idea of putting myself into the ready position, but you know, how do I actually go about getting ready? How do I start to begin this process daily in my life? And there's a few ways in which we can do this. So first, what we need to do is live our lives now like his first coming mattered. That's important. We need to live our lives like his first coming actually mattered. And if we don't live like his first coming mattered, then how will we be motivated to be ready for his second coming? See, next, I think we need to also be aware of false teachers. One of the things that I've always been convicted by is there's 27 books in the New Testament, and in 13 of those 27 deals with false teaching. So we need to be aware of false teachers. We need to know that they exist, but be 
careful to examine their teaching. Also, we need to encourage each other in the hope that we collectively have in a future. We can only achieve this by maintaining our fellowship with one another. That is so vital. We have to maintain our fellowship together. And hanging out with your church family helps you maintain the ready position. If you're here to encourage me to maintain that ready position, if I'm here to encourage you to maintain your ready position, then we're taking the necessary steps to be ready for the day that Jesus returns. Church, we also need to avoid complacency, and that is so easy for so many of us to get caught up in. We need to avoid complacency. Don't take each day for granted. Don't just say, oh, it's just another Monday. And then you get to Wednesday and say it's hump day. And then Friday hits and you say, TGIF. We must live each day. We must live each day like it's our last. Finally, remember why you were left behind to begin with? That's like one of the most simple questions we can ask as a believer. Jesus, you have saved me. I have saving faith in what you have done for me. I have now received eternal life, but why am I still here on earth? We can't forget why we've been left behind on earth. Our mission is to share the good news of salvation with others. Church, there is an unlimited number of ways to do this. So many ways to share the good news. And that's why we've been left behind. We need to live each day like that's our main objective. That's our main priority. And if we live each day like our main priority is to share the good news of salvation with others, either by the way in which we conduct ourselves in a manner or what we say verbally that helps us maintain the ready position. And all of this simply brings us to our final point. And our final point is actually verse 44. So if you could go back to the verses, I know our point's not up there on the screen. Let's just look at verse 44. Verse 44 is our final and third point, and it says, Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And this is very similar to our main point this morning, which stated, we must get ready for the return of Jesus as it may happen when least expected. Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope that we have in your word. I pray that we can continue and learn to better encourage each other in our hope of a future to help each other be ready for your return. Lord, use us as a body of believers to share your good news with others so we can see people come to a saving faith in you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.